Welcome to the Parkway Live Church Podcast. Thank you for taking time to let God's Word impact you. Always encouraged to know God is touching lives through this ministry. Please visit parkwaylife.com to let us know. You can also hit the giving tab to sow into the ministry that you are experiencing. Now, prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Recap, we talked about, for many of us, finding the will of God seems like a uh, two doors, two doors. You either choose this door or you choose that door. That door is uh, the door of victory and it's the good door and all this stuff. This door here, if you choose this, it's the door of doom and destruction and you're always left going, oh God, don't let me choose the wrong door. I'm trying to find your will uh, in this particular situation. I don't know what to do and, and man, I don't want to mess up here and how do I hear God? All this stuff in this process, and, and out of that came this, this two-week deal called Staying on His Path. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 4. And what this text is, it's, it's Solomon, obviously, uh, writing uh, the proverb here, and he is writing it to his son. And you'll understand that as I start reading. I read it to you last week, but he, he says this to his son. He said and, and a number of verses here. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of, uh, keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn and notice it says, do not enter the path of the wicked. Path there. And do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it. Pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. That's what happens on that path. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path, path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter into a full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness, and they do not know they do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I think that is great words from a father to a son. And we're talking about staying on his path. And I started last week and I, we gave you three observations about knowing the will of God and walking securely and in clarity and staying on the path that he wants you to be on. So the first thing that I talked to you about last week was, number one, is the will of God is a path, not a door. We often refer to it as a door, but it's not. It's a path. And that's a, it's a big, big change in uh, how we present that metaphor because it can be, as I told you earlier, this, oh, I choose this way, and I choose that way, and it's always this choosing one here or the other door, but it's not that at all. The will of God is more of a pathway. It's not, a, you know, we have 
things and questions and choices that come up on the path. But the Bible teaches that if I'm on the right path, if I'm on the righteous path, I am going to make the right decision because I'm on the right path. But if I'm on the wrong path, that's why I'm looking at this really through the Word of God. And six times in the text that I just read to you, it talked about the path or the way. Never referred to it in this metaphor as a, uh, as a door. So the will of God is more of a path than we walk, than a specific decision that we make. It's a process of learning to walk wisely and make wise decisions on this path. So most of us seek the will of God and like an answer to a question. Now, you know, the A, B, and C, and D, it's a multiple choice, but it's not. It's a path that you walk on. And we really opened up that last week, and I'm going to go through this real, real quick so you can listen to the podcast uh, if you want to go more into it. So I really felt like it was a, a good lesson for everybody last week. So um, you, and on this path, you kind of start finding yourself just doing the will of God just naturally. Just kind of happens on the path. And and, and I talked about playing pool, uh, and, and God rarely works like how we play pool in eight-ball fashion and tells us it's going to be in the right pocket at the certain amount of time, and we go right there and choose that because, man, he told us right pocket, back, right pocket. You know, it doesn't happen that easy. Most of the time, we're in the search of the will of God. It's just, we're, we're going, dear God, are you out there? And he's telling us to kind of lighten up in this process because if we're walking on this path, we're making the right, we're going to make the right decision. And really, almost all the way throughout the Word of God, they never had this direct, hello, this is God, turn here moment. And yes, they did have that at time, but it was not normal. It was definitely uh, not the average thing that took place or even above average. It was very, very... Uh, small amount of times when they got a direct, even when I read Paul and different ones, and we talked about that last week in 1 Corinthians, he's just kind of, he's on the path. He's on the path, and he's making the right decisions as they come to him. So um, so we, we talked about all that stuff. We talked a little bit about Jonah. We talked about church people and how that we often, um, we play the God card and say God told us to do this, and and sometimes God didn't tell us to do that. We're on the wrong path claiming the God card and nobody else can speak into your life. We talked about all that good stuff and we had a lot of funny times and all that stuff. And then we talked about our faulty approach to the will of God rises out of three wrong things within us. Number one is that we're timid. Uh, number three, we are idolatrous. We explained all this and that we are passive uh, in, in, in some of these things. So now I want to talk to you tonight and, and pick up on number two. So uh, again, I just really, if you weren't here last week, you probably just shelled so quick through that, you're like going, I have no earthly idea what you're talking about. But uh, please catch up with us on that. So now I want to start with number two. We're going to pick up where we left off, and that is this. The path you are on determines the destination that you're going to arrive at. Now, I know that seems like common sense, but he tells, Solomon tells his son, verses 26 and 27, that he is making decisions right now that are going to take him somewhere. That you're, gonna, you're making decisions 
that are going to end up somewhere in your life. Let me read it to you, verse 26, 27, or whatever I already read to you. He says this. He says, ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. evil. But notice what he says here. Ponder. In other words, think about this. I need you to stop. Just before you get any further, just stop and think. Just a minute. Just, just hello. Wake up. Ponder. Think. Where is this path taking me? The path that I am on, what is the end result? Because the path you are on determines the destination that you arrive at. Because wherever it leads, this is powerful, that's where I'm going. Do y'all need me to tell you again that powerful statement? Wherever it leads, that's where I'm going. It doesn't matter whether or not you want to go where that path is taking you. The path is going to lead you somewhere. And if you're walking it, that's where you're going. I, um, I live down 96 in Lumberton, right at the end of where you leave out of Lumberton. And if, let's say that my family was going to go to Galveston one weekend. And we got, you know, everything ready. We packed our swimsuits and we got our sunscreen and we got our beach chairs and we got our towels and we got everything prepared to go to the beach, the beautiful, gorgeous crystal waters of Crystal Beach. How did it get that name? Somebody was drinking when they named that. And I pull out of my subdivision and I turn north on 96. Now you may, I'm sure there's some way and that I'll find out afterwards. But to my knowledge, when I turn north on 96, I'm not heading to Galveston. Is that correct? I'm going to Buna, and that's definitely not Crystal Beach. <laughs> Let's pick on Evadale, not Buna. We're never going to get to Galveston. It's just not going to happen. So I have an idea Let's turn on this road, I, uh, 96 North. My goal, my destination, I want to go is Galveston. We're ready, we're prepared. Cars packed. Man, we're ready to go. We got our sunscreen on. And I go right. I, I guess I could pull over and we could pray that God would change the destination on this path that I'm going, but I, I, I hate to hurt your feelings, but God's not going to answer that. But God can do anything, I know, but you're going, <laughs> you're on the wrong path. Well, I want to pray about it. I'm, I'm, I'm going around the wrong road, but let's, let's pray about it. That's great. That's wonderful. But you need to turn around. You're on the wrong path. 
And I know so many people that spiritualize their wrong path and then blame God about where they end up. God poor, I shouldn't say poor God, he's not poor God, but God gets blamed for everything. I mean, all the wrongs that men decide and choose and the path they take at the end somewhere, then we turn around, shake our fists at God, mad at God, surely there's not a God. No, 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 there is a God, but he's not on that path. He's not on that path. So, it's not going to help. Our destination is determined by the direction of the path we take. And if you're not going to write anything else down, would you, would, you, would, you, would you jot this down or take a picture of it? Direction, not intention, determines destination. Now, that, that, that's, that's really profound. I, that's, that's really good stuff. Direction, not intention, determines destination. I'm going to say that one more time, but I want you to say it with me because it's really, really powerful. Direction, say it with me, direction, not intention, determines destination. You see, we get that when it comes to traveling. We understand that. That's, that's a silly example that I use concerning the whole Galveston in 96. But for some reason, we can't see it as it pertains to the path our lives are on. We just kind of go oblivious to that and act like that whole situation doesn't work, you end up somewhere in life, somewhere. And you think, how did I end up here? How did this path, I mean, how did this happen? It's the, it's the little decisions you made along the way put you on a path that led you here. That's how you're here. That doesn't make you a bad person. We're not trying to act like you're evil because of that. We're just telling to tell you it's just the way it is. The path you're on is going to lead you somewhere. But you say, well, wait a minute. I didn't intend to end up here. I understand. And we all can appreciate that because we have all got on wrong paths at some season of our life and ended up somewhere that we're going, I didn't want to end up here. Can I get a witness? I think the, every age needs to hear the other age say amen. Because we've all made those decisions. When you're, when you're young in life, you think, my God, I didn't end up here. And, and when you're an elder in life, you think, boy, I sure wish I could stop them and get them off of that path. Because that path is going to take them here. And you tell them that and they say, but you don't understand. You don't understand where I'm at and what, but let me just tell you, direction, not intention, determines destination. So this, I can have all the intentions that I want to. I can go, man, I'm, I'm intending, I'm intending to do this. I'm but it's the direction in which I'm set. It's not how much intentions I have or what they are, whether they're good or bad. It's the direction that's going to determine your destination. And it works the same way in life. And now, man, if this nails somebody, I'm, 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 just, I'm throwing out some, 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 some scenarios. One old preacher says scenarios. I'm going to throw out some scenarios here. And I, I want to just kind of give you just a picture 
of what I'm talking about. So I'm not picking on anybody. I didn't try to, you know, oh, I'm going to get them with this story. I didn't, okay. You intend to marry a great Christian. You have a solid family and kids. That's what you're wanting. Who grow up in the church. But right now, you're not dating a Christian. Well, I had good intentions. But the direction I was heading puts me on the wrong path. So the intentions you have, you see in your mind, man, that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> but it's not going to get you where you want to be. Let's use this one. A lady says, I want to be happily married as an older woman. I want to be that cute little older couple that just dotes on each other. That's what I see. That's my intent. But you're rude to your husband or you're rude to your wife. And you focus all your attention on your kids and you neglect your husband. Where do you think that path is leading? Is that okay? Either it's hitting too close or something. I don't know. I don't hear a lot of amens. Let's move off of that one to another very easy subject concerning money. Your intention is to be generous with your money. That's your intentions. But you have no margin in your life. You're maxed out. And every month your credit card gets to be a little bit more. Where's that path taking you? It's not taking you to be a giver, to be generous. It's not taking you there. Well, it'll change someone. God's going to give me a million dollars one day. Yeah, you can pull your car over and park and pray that Galveston's down 96. We all want that to happen, right? But the path you're on is the wrong path for where you're wanting to go and your intention. So you've got to change your direction. Oh, let's do this one. You want to retire comfortably, but you are not saving a dime right now. You, you, you know you should, but you're on a path that has taken you somewhere. It's just not taking you where you want to go. Can I just tell you all something funny real quick? It's really not funny. It's absolutely sad. Every year, Social Security sends me this deal. And they're so kind to let me know how much I owe and kind of where I am in the Social Security savings. You all get that letter. It's so comforting to me that the year I turned 65, it says on there that unless Congress does something, this is going to run out. It's a peace to me <laughs> that at 65, the year that possibly we would be, it just it just helps me. It just helps me. So I'm dumping all my eggs in that basket. And I'm intending to it for it to come out real well, right? That was supposed to be funny, but I think it hit home too close. <laughs> you want a relationship with the Lord. But he is not Lord of all, so he can't be Lord 
at all. Because he's not going to share with another. So that was number two. Are you all ready for number three? Boy, don't start the wave. Number three, the condition of our heart is the most significant factor in determining the direction of our path. The condition of our heart is the most significant factor in determining the direction of our path. Let's read verse 23 of what I read to you earlier. Keep your heart. Son, let me tell you something. It's what you need to do. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Everything comes from the heart. You know that because we did a whole series called Monster Inc. here. Everything flows from the heart. Everything flows from the heart. The greatest hindrance to doing the will of God is wrong desires in our heart, our wrong, disordered desires cause us to make unwise choices and miss the will of God because there is something going on wrong in the heart. Our disordered hearts cause us to live in confusion and disarray, and that is not the will of God. So I have to change paths. And I'm just going to tell you something. I have to constantly tell myself and I'm telling you to try to be super honest with you, that in decisions that I have to make, even in the world of pastoring and the, 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 what I do and, and, and all the things that I'm involved in, I, have to, I had to do this today. I had to do this today. I was coming back from Beaumont, from pray, praying for Brother Brian Goins, and I felt like the Lord spoke to me something, and I walked in the church, and I went straight to this, and I had to read it again, and it was something I taught many, many years ago, on the seven decisions for success. And one of those, all, almost about three or four of those spoke to me, spoke to me. And I had to tell myself again, I'm on his path. And the decisions that I make on his path are going to be the right decisions if my heart is in the right place. Is that all right? I'm telling you that about me so that you understand that you have to shake yourself and understand Hey, I'm in the will of God. My heart's right. Check your heart. Check your heart. But if your heart's right, it's in the right place, and your, and your heart is, is in, 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 uh, in parallel with the word of God, i got to tell you something. God is going to always tell people this, and that is this. Don't fret so much you're going to do the right thing. You know why? Jesus wants you to do the right thing more than you do. He wants you to make the right choices, the right decisions in life. So he's going to help you in that process. I really, really believe that. The greatest hindrance to doing the will of God is wrong desires in our heart. Our wrong, disordered heart creates those confusions and disarrays in our life. Listen to this. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness, verse 19 says. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. And look at how Solomon describes the life of the person with a wicked heart. For they cannot, verse 16, for they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. Hear the heart problem there? 
for they eat the bread of wickedness <coughs> and drink the wine of violence. And what you're hearing right here in this, this three verses here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just put a heading over that and say it's the language of, of obsession. There is so much obsession here. It's being possessed, and I don't mean devil possessed. I'm talking about there is an obsession that comes over and you want something so bad. Your heart wants something so bad that you become obsessed with it. So you make all kind of bad decisions to get it. And I want to tell you something. When that's going on, you're on the wrong path. It's not that you just accidentally were on the right path and made the wrong decision. You're on the wrong path. So get off of that. The essence of the sinful heart in Scripture is the idolatrous heart. The obsessive heart for all those wrong things. My heart's got to have this. Have you ever needed, wanted something materialistic and you knew that it wasn't the right financial decision? Um, but your heart was driving you crazy. It was an obsession. It was the language of obsession that it was speaking to you. That you were, uh, you were trying your best every way you could to justify something that you knew was not the best thing for you financially, emotionally, spiritually, whatever it may be the choice, but your heart pressed you through until you made the wrong decision on that. That's the language of the session. And although these three scriptures are really, really rough on some of the things they're saying, it is still, it is that language of the session that the heart, you can kind of get a, a snapshot of your heart that says, man, something's not right here. I must be on the wrong path. Must be on the wrong path. So, and, and your heart, when it's like that, starts telling you that you cannot be happy without that thing. That's that idolatrous heart in, in us. It's, it's you're not going to be happy unless you have that marriage or you have that career. But you need this thing so badly that you become obsessed with it. And it drives every decision that you make to the point you make foolish decisions in pursuit of it that end up destroying your life or leading you down a path that the end destination is not where you intended to go. Marriage. People think this, they said, I, I need a good marriage to be fulfilled. You obsess over it. It makes you do one or two things. In your dating time, you get so picky that you never date at all. You just never date at all. This relationship is so important that you can't have someone less than perfect because this person has to make all your wildest dreams come true. You, you, you put it all in this basket. And you start to get to know someone and then you see that they're not perfect and you think they have flaws. Never seeing that we have flaws within self. And they can't possibly make my wildest dream come true. And then we have a flip side of that of other people who just date anybody, dear God. I mean, they're like serial daters. They, if, if, if it's walking and moving, they'll date it. Now, I know that sounds funny. 
But have y'all looked at Facebook ever? People are in and out of relationships like they're changing clothes, man. I mean, it's unbelievable. And this next one is going to be the answer. Hallelujah. And they will play a little God card on you about it. And so that comes up. That they, and so I, I need that companionship. And then they don't care if the person is right for them. They just, they just have to have someone. And their disordered heart it sabotages them and causes them to make another bad decision. The one in not dating at all and the one that dates everything that moves. Both of them are struggling, dealing with a heart that just needs some reordering in their life to bring out the best of what God has for them. They, 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 they just, it just as a reordering and making sure orders do this. Others do this with their career. I need a, I need a top-notch career to be happy. That's the only thing that's going to make me happy in life. Is, is this perfect career. So you get a job you don't like. You work ridiculous hours. So you end up killing your health and alienating your family. And you're not happy. Or you never get a job because you're waiting for that perfect one. And your, your heart, your disordered heart, man, it sabotaged your your direction again. Man, and I've seen that happen so many times. Man, I'm looking for a job, looking for a job. And boy, pastor, as pastor, man, I start listening to everybody. Y'all got a job, y'all got a job, y'all got a job. And I hear about things. I say, bring it hey, hey, I got a job here, man. And, and it's making 40000 a year. And they say, oh, no. I can't, can't take that job. I've got to have 60000 a year. I'm going, dear God, you hadn't had a job in three years. Let's start somewhere. Do you understand what I'm saying? But yet they can't understand why they're broke. And it usually is, that God of mine is not listening to me. And God said, I sent you 15 rafts by while you're on top of the house. And it's flooded up to the top of the roof. And you're still saying, God, send me an answer. And he sent you 15 people by to get you off of the house. And you're still waiting for the motorboat. So, our disordered heart makes us walk in darkness and miss the will of God. And so, what do we do? We, we get your heart back in order. How does that happen? That's why there is much emphasis in the word, of, word in Proverbs. Getting the word of God into your heart reorders it. The only thing I know to do to tell you to reorder a heart is to, to get the word of God at it and, and, and back into it and, and let everything flow out of that. How? How? By helping you get God back in the right place where he's supposed to be in all of your fulfillment in your life. Only when you love and trust and delight in. It's amazing that Kelly sang the song and I'm sure uh, Scott Popek chose that because he uh, is so good about choosing songs in the will of God and Kelly sang this song, I delight in you Lord. Boy did that fit right here. I delight in you Lord. In you I don't know how, I, I can make it up. But I delight in you, Lord, and in you I find hope and strength. I don't know, man. But I remember delight. I delight. My delight is in you, Lord. Boy, boy, don't we need to find some delight in the Lord? Go back and run back to him and find our delight in God. 
Jesus was asked by his disciples, Lord, show us the way. Listen to this. The disciples said, Lord, show us the way. And Jesus said, I am the way. Well, that was easy. I'm the path. Follow me. Well, I thought it was going to be deeper than that. No. Just, I am the way. If, if you know me, you'll get the way right. Follow me. I know, my, I know the will I have for you. I know the direction I have for you. I know the path for you. As I look across this congregation's congregation, I, I, I look at some of you and, and I see the path that you're on. And I remember the path that some of you used to be on. And your delight was not in the Lord. And it had your dating all messed up. And it had your marriage all messed up. And it had, it had your life, your career all messed up. And then you changed path. Isn't it sweet when you come back in his presence and your delight is in him again? Fulfillment is in him again. I, um, I love when I see a single person. And their ultimate desire, usually, not all the time, is to get married. And I understand that, possibly. So I've seen people, that not be their desire. and It's God's will in their life. But I've watched people in dating that really find their delight in the Lord. And again, it doesn't mean they don't want someone in their future, but they become fulfilled and healthy in self. My wife, sometimes in counseling, and she's kind of taught me this, and that is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you get out of this marriage that's all messed up and you're so unhealthy, you're going to want to get out of this and find another one. And you're going to mess that one up too. <laughs> or you're going to be unhealthy there. Stop. Wait a minute. Even if they don't want to, you get healthy. Even if the other person doesn't get healthy. Well, I'm not going to go counsel because I, but just you get healthy. Is that all right? You get on the right path. You get your delight in the Lord. You find your help and hope and strength from the Lord. You submit our idolatrous heart. And what happens, God begins to form something beautiful out of it. Listen to this statement. It's going to be on the screen for you, and that is this. If you love Jesus, you'll love what Jesus loves. It's, it's simple but profound, right? If you love Jesus, you're going to love what Jesus loves. The condition of your heart is the single biggest biblical factor in making good decisions. Your heart is naturally, without God, is a cesspool that what comes up out of it is filth and ugliness and like sewage like I talked about Sunday. But you have to change your heart and how does that happen? Doing the will of God begins with an act of the will or in making better decisions, but in change, not, in, not in making better decisions, but in changing your heart and turning your heart back to the Word of God. Your heart, your path, determines whether or not you do the will of God. The Word of God determines the condition of your heart. So you 
you won't do the will of God any more than you know the Word of God. I think sometimes people cut out church in their life and cut out devotion in their life and cut out relationship with God in their life and then still again want a good ending. Well, the path all revolves around peace. All these things that we want revolve around being in His will, being on His path. And I'm going to tell you something. He wants those things for you and I worse than we want them for ourselves. Because he absolutely loves us. We are the apple of his eye. He thinks we're all that. He believes in us, cares for us. He formed you. Yes, he formed your nose, made your mouth, knew how many hairs are on your head or the lack thereof. What y'all laughing about? He knew all of that about us. He formed me in my mother's womb. He is crazy about me. He loves you and I. He loves you. Sometimes you'll say that all your life and never get the revelation of it. And then one moment, you'll get a John 3.16 moment when you realize he first loves me. He loves me. This moment. It's just a John 3.16, it's a sign in a stadium at some football field by some excited, fanatic Christian. But then all of a sudden, something in your switch, some switch turns on in your life and you go, wait a minute, Jesus loves me. It's a happening in your life, it's a moment in your life, it's some, and it connects and it's the greatest revelation when you realize that Jesus loves you. And you start seeing the heart of the gospel come alive. The heart of the gospel is he's crazy about you, loves you, died for you, rose for you, came back to feel you. And he says, listen, I'm going to help you get through this life that's hard, difficult, tough. You're going to have trials, you're going to have tribulations. But I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to help you make the choices in your life. I'm going to help you make the right choices in your life. I'm going to do that. But I need you to stay on my path. And it's, it can be a narrow path compared to the world's path. But stay on it. No matter what they call you, stay on it. Because I'm going to tell you, in the end, it's got a great destination. Can you give the Lord a hand clap of praise? He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. <laughs> I'm going to do something really crazy. Now, I'm going to trust this congregation so big. Don't go crazy on me, okay? I want two or three people to stand in just about two seconds, five seconds, and tell one thing about two sentences long about how much Jesus loves you. It's just called an old-fashioned testimony service, but it's only going to give you about five minutes because after that it starts talking about how much the devil's chasing you. Oh, Y'all obviously had never been in those churches. 
Anybody want to stand and say well, how good the Lord's been to you and how much as he loves you? Anybody? He what? For, for who? For Gene Gary. Gene. It's revelation in it, man. Like he was dying and he had Gene on his mind. So that Gene be saved, walk a path that he's walked. And that turned Gene out of a bar room in a situation where he's about to have a divorce from Weta. Turned him around. We told his testimony, or he told it a few months back. Put him on a right path. And look where it led. All those years of marriage, health, strength, blessings to him and his wife. Isn't that beautiful? Because he got a revelation. Jesus died for me. That's awesome, man. Anybody else? I don't have anybody. Yes. Mud and dirt. I got one for you. Miry clay. Like like the 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 junk, the dredge, the the yucky. He, he got you out of the mud and dirt and formed you. Isn't that cool? I love that. I love that. Beautiful. Formed, formed you. Made you. Just the way. He, he, made, he made everything about you. He, he formed you. And Bill's saying hallelujah right now. <laughs> he turned and looked at you. He's like, oh, my God, she's gorgeous. <laughs> he formed you. He loved you. Man, that's awesome. He knows your name. That's, that's awesome. Somebody else. I'll say, yes, please. Because the a heart, a hope deferred makes the heart go sick. And so he says, man, Lisa needs some hope. And I got a word for her. I got something for her. He did that for you, too. He did. Started on Sunday, didn't he? Started speaking to you out there at the park. She told me. Tears pouring down her face. God speaking to her in that, out at the park that day. And from there on, I don't know. But he, he gave you hope, man. I love that. You know, there's so many people in the world have lost their, lost their hope. He gave you hope, Lisa. Man, he must, must, really, must really love you. Yes, Tina? <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. I love it. If you're happy and you know it, somebody say amen. I'll let a couple more. These are wonderful, man. Y'all are doing great. Nobody said the devil's chasing me yet. Yes. He what? He forgave your sin. Man. Got you and he changed your path. When he, and because of it, those three sweet babies of yours, by God's grace, are going to stay on the same path that mama's going on. Love that. Love it. Totally changed your, 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 your whole downline. Because he forgave you sin. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> care. Care used two different times, same scripture. Cast all my cares for him because he cares for me. It means two different things. First one is cares or troubles. That second one, because he cares. He loves me. <laughs> so I pass all my trouble, all my junk on him. Why? Because he loves me. He cares for me. I love it. Yes, ma'am. 
He hears and answers my prayer. This God who spun the heavens into existence. This God, this amazing God, Savior, who, who, who there's millions of people have been on this earth and all the galaxies got to keep in the order. He hears your prayer, Betty. You whisper his name. And, and not only that, he, he bottles up your prayer and they become an incense to his nostrils. God, man, I'm about to have a shouting time. Yes. Wow, he broke a poverty lifestyle. He broke that curse of poverty and turned the life around and set my feet on a, on a path that's leading me to wealth in Christ. I don't mean money, just wealth out of that poverty. I love that. Would you stand with me tonight? Great, great, great job. I don't know if I've ever done a testimony service just like that, but man, I was praying the whole time. Man, I'm telling you. Well, them old, you know, old, old days, they do them testimonies. So every time you got through, you was depressed. But y'all are awesome. I trusted you. And you, you, you can't. Heavenly Father, can we just praise our Lord? Lord, I love you. Thank you for teaching us about the path. God, if there's anyone in this room tonight that may be on the wrong path, God, I'm asking you would just help them and guide them. They want to do the right thing. They've got good intentions. God, just help them to get on the right path. That they end up in the right place where they, they end up in the spot where, God, they really see themselves. And, God, they, they, the intentions that they have, God, let, let their direction change so they can get. Because, Lord, that's where you want us to be. You've got that for us. In Jesus' name we pray. We love you, Jesus. Thanks for first loving me, though. Thanks for first loving me. Thanks that you didn't require me to love you first, but you first loved me. Thanks for that. I needed that, God. I love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church say amen.